I'm Jack Semlicka, and welcome to this episode of our 2019 Strip-Till Farmer Podcast Series. In today's program, we share excerpts from my conversation with Dr. John Nowatsky, Machine system Specialist with North Dakota State, on some of the precision-based research the university is involved in, along with a look at the form and function of variable intensity tillage. If this is your first time joining us, I'd encourage you to subscribe to this podcast series, currently available in iTunes, the Google Play Store, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, and TuneIn Radio. Or if there's another app you prefer for listening to podcasts, let us know, and we'll make every effort to get it added. And a reminder that by subscribing, that will allow you to get alerts when upcoming episodes in this series are released. Thanks again to TopCon Agriculture for its support of this podcast series. Agronomy Matters and TopCon Agriculture application solutions make it work. From planning to precision machine control, NORAX, boom height control, monitoring and mapping, to data management, you have the total set of solutions to maximize your agronomic plan. Find out how to make the most of your 4R nutrient stewardship with precision technology that is unmatched in ease of use. Visit them at topconpositioning.com slash growing solutions. Well, as more attention and in some cases scrutiny of soil and nutrient retention practices emerge, recent ag technology partnerships have the potential to reshape the tillage landscape. John Nowatsky, machine systems specialist with North Dakota State University Extension, is involved in ongoing collaborations with two local ag manufacturers that have developed variable intensity tillage technology. The concept compiles and analyzes soil test results, elevation and yield data, and residue cover to assist with real-time decisions on tillage needs. John points to the recent emphasis on reducing erosion and nutrient runoff as a motivating factor for the partnerships. And as the technology develops, it could be a catalyst for more adoption of conservation tillage practices. As he says, there's rising interest among equipment manufacturers to develop this technology so operators can change intensity of a disc or depth of a shank. It's a movement towards less tillage and an opportunity for no-till and strip-till. And as a result, we may see fewer fields with intensive tillage. In today's Strip-Till Farmer podcast, we share excerpts from my conversation with John during the Agricultural Equipment Technology Conference in Louisville, where he shares some background on some recent research being done by the university and the outlook for variable intensity tillage technology. John, thrilled to, to have you here. Uh, it's, it's great to sit down with you again. Good seeing you here at the event. Give me a, a little bit of background on your position with the university, and then uh, it sounds like you guys have some really exciting stuff that you're going to be working on in the near, near future here. Yeah, well, I'm, uh, my name is John Nowoski, and I've been with uh, North Dakota State University in extension, 100% extension position uh, for the last, uh, I think, 23 years. And my focus over the last uh, 10 years, maybe a little more than that, has been on precision agriculture, probably the last 15 years. And uh, of course that has been involved with uh, educational presentations for producers and agribusinesses and has changed over the years because uh, now uh, you know, a presentation on, the, on a GPS would not really be something that the farmers would be interested in, but back in the past we did a lot of that. So, and guidance systems and things like that. So now we, we really are focusing um, 
in our department, first of all, we're, we have uh, three new focuses, and one of them, our precision ag major that we're just starting, actually started this semester in, in January of 2019. It's a completely new major. We develop or are developing um, new courses, uh, six new courses for the major, and uh, the courses are ranging all the way from mapping to electronics to robotics, and our objective is to provide uh, students with a four-year degree in precision ag that goes beyond the technical aspect or the, the aspect that, a, that you can get at a two-year college that will help you be a, a technician to work with uh, growers with their equipment. Ours is, is, is more in-depth and science behind it, I guess. So uh, we, we like that. We hire two new people to teach those courses, but those, are, those two people are 60-40 so they're 40% teaching and 60% research. And their research, again, will focus on precision ag. That's interesting. You mentioned uh, the development of the program that you guys have now. And um, it seems that there has been much more of an emphasis amongst universities and colleges. You know, and, and certainly with, with the two-year schools, you know, there was uh, a lot of certificate programs and right. things that have developed. But it's kind of encouraging to see you know, some more robust programs now and, and some that are far more you know, involved uh, with, with the scope of what you guys have now. Uh, that's that's got to be uh, kind of a, a boost, you know, some momentum there being built. It is. And, you know, in, in, in all of this effort, uh, both on research and on, on the teaching, uh, has really been promoted uh, by the university, by the college, and also, interestingly, by the uh, state government and by the legislature. So it's, it's, uh, it has a lot of support. Um, in the area of, of research, we were fortunate to receive a, a USDA grant um, that's just starting now again. It started in the beginning of the fiscal 2019. It's a five-year project, about $850,000 a year annually, so about a uh, you know, $4.3 million project that is all focused on precision ag research. And uh, the initial year, our first year, is focusing on two primary objectives of, for this research. And one of them is on weed identification and weed mapping, individual weed mapping and weed infestation in crops, and herbicide resistant weed identification. We're more focusing on identification in terms of herbicide resistance than we are on control because we realize that maybe the control will be coming from other researchers. Um, so th that's the first objective. The second objective on the, on the USDA project is on algorithmic tools that can help farmers manage specific crops. And so when I say that, we'll basically be using digital data, all available digital data for the crops that we work with. And those crops, uh, you know, certainly two of them will be corn and soybeans because they're now the two major crops uh, in our area. So to do that, uh, we've again hired people that will work on digital data f f uh, specifically on those two objectives. And, and when I say digital data, it includes ambient data, soil data, uh, weather data, but also includes in-season and remote sensing data. So uh, as much as we can, we, we'll do that, feed that into algorithms to try to uh, look at the best 
genetics and the best management and, and hopefully have some positive impact on the environment as well. So that's uh, the second part is this research. And in addition to the two um, research um, uh, professors, I mean the professors that we hired to teach, we also hired then two research uh, assistants that will focus full-time on these uh, objectives for research in precision ag. And we're also then hired two additional um, uh, research uh, uh, specialists. So that's four people that will be doing just uh, research on that. And then we're able to fund six graduate students each year for five years. So in effect, we have six graduate students and four faculty <coughs> that will be working full-time on precision ag research. So we see that as uh, um, you know, a great opportunity, and of course our students will be, or our precision ag students, undergraduate students will be involved in that as well. Um, uh, interestingly too, uh, uh, we have uh, re developing relationships with industry, and one that's, that's uh, being developed is, is a relationship with Microsoft that will support our precision ag uh, major, uh, precision ag students with, uh, with technology, uh, both with, uh, with their cloud computing system, Azure, and with uh, uh, weather stations and, and drones. And um, they'll also support our, our in the, we're in the process of developing this with them, um, internships, that they'll fund internships for our students. So we're really excited about our relationship with industry as well. And then, you know, the, the third thing that's happening in our department related to precision agriculture is we are initiating a, um, a center for digital agriculture. And that center for digital agriculture um, is a multidisciplinary thing. It's not just with our ag and biosystems engineering department, but with uh, animal science, plant science, and, uh, and uh, agribusiness department so that we get a, a full perspective. And it's the, the focus of the center really is to collaborate with industry so that in, in two ways. One, it keeps our university research and our, re, and our education on the right track, That's, that makes sense. And secondly, it's an opportunity for industry to collaborate with, industry, with us on research and even to the point of saying, you know, this is the kind of research that we would like to do on our product or on our uh, system and, uh, and, and we, you know, we can help fund this, the industry will help fund it, but it will be a collaborative effort. So we think we can be of service to industry to, do, to, to help them do the research they want and, and hopefully you know, provide them with an opportunity of, uh, of a you know, bias-free uh, research that they can share then with their customers saying you know, it wasn't just us that did this, but we did this with the university. So those are the three areas that we're working on, the precision ag major, the, the research that we're really developing, and then the third one is the uh, Center for Digital Ag. You guys have a busy year ahead. We do. <laughs> we have a busy years ahead, hopefully. <laughs> right. We'll get back to our discussion shortly, but I wanted to once again thank our sponsor, TopCon Agriculture, for making this podcast possible. And I also wanted to remind you about a new series featured monthly on our podcast series, Tech Tips with Dr. Ray Acevedo, where the former assistant professor of precision agriculture at Kansas State University and consultant for TopCon Agriculture shares insights and advice on some of the latest precision tools and how to best implement them on your operation. 
You can listen to this past technology tips and also find accompanying articles at striptillfarmer.com. Let's get back to the program now and hear more from our conversation with John Nowatsky, who discusses the current and planned research the university is doing on variable intensity tillage. You mentioned the, the collaborative uh, nature, you know, that we're seeing more of, especially, you know, whether it's uh, universities and manufacturers or precision egg companies, or even companies that, you know, we don't always think of as operating in that agricultural or precision egg space. And you mentioned, you know, some of the work that you guys are going to be doing with Microsoft. They and others are, are kind of an increasingly interesting player in, in this area. I mean, maybe talk a little bit more about, you know, that relationship or just where you see some opportunities with them or companies like them to be involved, whether it's at the university level or, or kind of a larger industry level. Well, I, I think, you know, we've seen this, we've seen it in the, in the past years with our, our work with uh, unmanned aircraft, with large companies, with large UAVs interested. And now we're seeing the same thing with, uh, with data management, with big data, because a lot of the, a lot of the uh, research and development on data and data management has already been done in other areas. But this area of agriculture then uh, is, is developing, and the companies that have done all this and been so successful with big data and data management are saying, well, we can, we can do that. We can be involved, and they see uh, I think a business opportunity in, in agriculture, um, you know, larger, you know, larger companies, but small companies as well that are coming, uh, wanting to work with us. So I, I see that, but interestingly, even uh, beyond uh, data, which is certainly the, the key thing in, in precision ag right now, but we've had uh, within the last year, uh, three different companies that work with tillage that would like to do some work with us. For example, an area that is very, uh, uh, a lot of interest among producers, at least in our area in the Northern Plains, is on variable intensity tillage. And, you know, I guess sometimes uh, farmers call it variable rate tillage, but uh, I like to say variable intensity because that's really what we're talking about. There's uh, two companies in our state, uh, one is Gates Manufacturing and, and the other is Summers uh, Manufacturing. And both of them uh, manufacture and, and, and are, have been in the tillage equipment business for long decades. And both have developed variable intensity uh, technology. Um, some of uh, you know, Gates, for example, has a way of, of pre-programming areas. So when you go to that area, it'll automatically change. Um, Summers, uh, uh, interestingly, is, is interested in working with us and looking at the possibility of of real-time recognition of the need for tillage. So you could feed in, you know, ahead of time uh, soils information, for example. But, you know, sensing the, the amount of, of uh, residue on the surface. Uh, some areas have so much residue that really need, uh, the producers really feel they really need intensive tillage. Whereas if they go to another area, maybe a higher area on the field that has much less residue, they'd like to you know, change that to less intensive. It's, it's a number of reasons. Obviously, uh, um, you know, why, why do the deep tillage or the intensive tillage, whether it's a, if it's a disc? 
spend more money because it costs more money if you're doing more intense, and then secondly, just to you know reduce the the potential for erosion. So both of them are important, obviously, to farmers. So that's interesting. I mean, so in in concept, is this something where you could actually kind of adapt your tillage practice to different areas of your field, saying whether or not this would require yeah. deep tillage versus maybe I want to have this a no-till or a strip till or you know what's best exactly yeah i don't know if we could you know we could that's exactly it i mean it, we and we need to make sure that um, all the data that's available is fed into that system you know i, I mentioned soils but if we're doing uh, uh, soil analysis and, and, and soil tests that information should be there as well so uh, we certainly expect to, to be able to collaborate with those companies to to help them, hopefully, to uh, to feed in all the data that farmers have. Even, I mean, even something like uh, like yield data. It, it, you know, if you're harvesting on your field and, and there's a yield of of um, of, of 25 percent of the average, one would assume there's 25 percent of the residue only there too. So you could, that that would be useful information. And uh, you know, interesting. I just did a presentation to a a farm group in uh, North Central North Dakota in earlier January on uh, new technology and tillage and asked them for you know for questions afterwards and all the questions related to strip till and strip till is not a technology I mean a practice that's very well adapt very well uh, used very much in North Dakota uh, you know if you drive across our state in, in after harvest say in, in November when, and before there's any snow it's very unusual to see a strip-tilled field. Now, it, I think there was more of it 10 years ago, and, and we, we have been dealing with wet cycles, and it's been difficult for producers to, uh, to get out there in the fall of the year, and, and, and it's maybe too wet to do it. And then in the spring of the year, you know, their objective is to, to get planting done as soon as possible. So if they would do strip-till, it might delay them for a week or something while it dries out. And, so, but anyway, a lot of interest, and, and I'm, I'm not sure why that is, but, you know, well, one thing is farmers are always interested in environmental protection. They want the least, for example, simply saying, they want the least erosion, and we certainly have erosion problems with intensive tillage where it happens. Um, and secondly, I think they're looking at, uh, uh, you know, the, uh, the soil uh, microbes, you know, with maybe with less tillage, they see more, uh, uh, you know, it has come to be called you know, better soil health. But in, in, very interesting, that uh, a lot of interest and uh, as a result of that, uh, uh, I'm sure the, uh, the uh, equipment manufacturers and retailers in the area, in the room, were listening. But uh, that's an area that they, and, I, and I, you, know, it, it may, you know, one of the things that might be driving that is we have a, a very strong uh, soil health um, group in, at, at the university. We have five people that have been working on it for the last five years and have done an excellent job and continually really promoting soil management that, that increases um, microbial activity and uh, decreases erosion. It's a big effort and it's, you know, farmers realize that more intensive tillage is causing erosion, but they're doing it because it is, you know, it's been more profitable for them. 
So I mean, it's hard to argue with it. But at the same time, they're uh, they're very interested, and maybe strip bill can can be that um, um, compromise, if you want to say, to, to do the tillage where you need it for those rural crops, but uh, not the entire field, not you know right. just the strips. Yeah, that, that's a really interesting concept. Yeah. I haven't heard a ton, you know, about that talked about just you know in in depth but you know uh kind of in in passing and, and on the surface but uh yeah that that's an interesting concept you know if farmers can get down to the level of actually yeah. you know on a on a field by field even smaller than that being yeah. able to determine uh tillage needs you know rather than you know kind of just uh kind of a blanket approach but uh, obviously like you said you know the idea of Wanting to reduce erosion, save soil, retain yep. nutrients in the soil is is huge, and that's uh, you know obviously something that would would be very beneficial. So yeah, sometimes I think you know farmers get blamed um, for being uh, not concerned about the environment, but you know anybody that says that has never really sat down and visited with farmers. Uh, I've never talked to a farmer that you know isn't greatly concerned about the environment. Um, but I, I you know I think the you know to kind of summarize. It seems to me that, that we're at the cusp of really using all of the data that uh, is being, you know, has been generated for years and years and not necessarily used to the point now where maybe we will start using it with the, uh, you know, the system of, of uh, data movement and data analysis with telematics and be able to use all of the data every time every machine moves down the field, you know, moves across the field, whether it's whether it's planting or whether it's fertilizer, whether it's chemical application or whether it's you know tillage, whether it's harvesting, all of that data really needs it's you know it's interesting to see that industry is is um, adapting and developing so that that can happen. You know it's it was interesting to to watch a, a video on, on some of the new combines that that adjust as they go across the field. Thank you, John, for sitting down with us to share some of the current and future research you and North Dakota State have planned. And again, we'd like to recognize and thank our sponsor, TopCon Agriculture, for helping make this Strip-Till Farmer podcast series possible. And I certainly look forward to your feedback on today's program, so feel free to drop me an email at jzemlicka at lessetermedia.com or give me a call at 262-777-2441. And if you haven't done so already, you can subscribe to this podcast series in iTunes or the Google Play Store to get an alert when future episodes are released. You can also keep up on the latest strip-till practices impacting your farm today by registering online at striptillfarmer.com for our free Strip-Till Strategies daily e-newsletter. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at striptillfarmr and on our Strip-Till Farmer Facebook page. Well, I hope that you'll join us again for the next episode in our 2019 podcast series. And a reminder that you can still register to receive our Strip-Till Farmer print publication at striptillfarmer.com. For John Nowatsky, Topcon Agriculture, and our entire staff here at Strip-Till Farmer, I'm Jack Zemlicka. Thanks for listening.